Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Ever wanted to know what it's like at Grassroots Music? What goes on behind the scenes in the music industry, eh? Who can we speak to? Who do we call? <laughs> I'm just trying a new introduction, folks. Do you like that? No, okay, fair enough. Bit weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hello, okay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the RGM Experience podcast with me, Carl Maloney. How you doing, you eight? Well, we're here in another week, and I'm recording this the week. Uh, I've, had, I've got to pre-record it, really, because I'm over at Chumlines. Yeah, so I've had to record it the week before the podcast goes out, just to, uh, just so it's out on time, really, you know. Yeah, we've just had a busy week of uh, podcasting. Uh, we've just had the K's last week and Tillerman. Two a week. We've got, we're going to have two this week as well for you, ladies and gentlemen, so... Uh, I hope you're enjoying all the content that we're providing for you. And if you don't know, we're the podcast that delves into the grassroots music industry uh, and discovers stories from artists, bands that are on a journey through this fucking music industry. There's always a story to be told, and that's what this podcast is all about. Um, if you enjoyed anything that you've heard, tell a friend for us. It's, it's how podcasts get about, apparently. I'm only saying what I've heard other people say. I'd, I've got no insight to this at all. But apparently, well, it's got to help in it, you know, more people talking about it. Uh, and also, we're, we're in the hundreds now. We're, uh, we're deep into uh, episode hundreds. Uh, so if you've enjoyed what you're listening to, have a delve into archives and all. And there's loads of stuff in there for you to enjoy and to have a nose of your part, you know. So this episode is no different. We've got an amazing band. They've just been uh, uh, playing in the biggest stadiums of all. They've played in the mightiest football stadium that there is. Bramall Lane in Sheffield. The home of Premier League Sheffield United. Uh, They've just been supporting Def Leppard. And the Motley Crew. They've just played a Lytham Festival on the big massive stages. We had them on at the castle last year in uh, in Manchester. Just shows you how things changed, doesn't it? And how things can develop for people. Ladies and gentlemen, we've, we, we've got Tyler and Kane coming up from Vivas. And uh, I really enjoyed this chat. You know, it took a bit of warming up of that, you know, getting them warmed up, I think. But we've actually got there and uh, got relaxed and into the flow of things kind of, uh, it's one of those things you've got to take into account when you interview people. That, you know, sometimes things take a little bit longer to get into the groove of it, you know. And what I mean by groove is like, just like, not talking about promotional stuff and just having a conversation and just being in the moment type of thing. That's what I like to try and get out of these interviews and the chats that we have. Uh, and it happened, uh, and uh, some interesting stories came from the lads that I'm going to share with you now on another edition of the podcast. So yeah, this is pre-recorded. I'm I've had to do it this week, early this uh, previous week before this podcast is out because I'm at Tramlines Festival this coming up weekend. So as you listen to this, Tramlines will have happened. 
Um, and there's going to be loads of updates on RGM about what's gone on on tram lines this week. Uh, new interviews that we've recorded. I've not even found at this moment in time. I've not even found out who I'm recording or interviewing yet. So uh, that information will be with you uh, later this week as I speak. So yeah, busy times. Won't have it any other way. Then I've got a bit of a break, and then I go on holiday for a bit, so I'm just ready for a bit of a break, you know. I'm going to be after this. Anyway, I divulge. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a chat with a band that's just played at the Mighty Bramall Lane. It's Vivas, Tyler and Kane, take it away, lads. Hey, Carl, you all right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I started telling people that I've got a new table that goes up and down, but, you know, you, you live and learn, yeah. don't you? I found it quite interesting. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I'll, well I'll, I'll tell you all about it. Because it, it, I, I work from home, because I, 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 I want to move about a bit more than that, you know, just on this table and that. So I've got this connection thing, and it, it moves up and down, but it's got a mind of its own. It, when you press yeah. it, it's right delayed, so I don't know if it's going to move. So if anything shifts, it's... You know, if you just see me bobbing about, there we go. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, guys, you've been on a bit of a journey and I've just seen all these big, amazing stages that you've been playing recently. So I thought, we'll get you on the podcast. We'll have a chat about it. So how are you doing in general, guys? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Uh, yeah. Had some decent uh, gigs recently, obviously. Had some uh, yeah. good laughs, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, when you've got stages that we've played on recently, the ones that you've been referring to, you know, the, the Bramall Lane and Lytham Festival, yeah. two stages, you know, actually it's all the stuff in between that kind of, you know, when that comes together, that makes it feel like really, really, you know, worthwhile. And those are the memories that you always, you always yeah. tend to make. So, yeah. Um, well, they looked amazing and we're going to talk about all of those because I'm fascinated to um, yeah. just hear about all that, you know, they're just the, just, just being on those stages is just amazing, isn't it? Um, but the, the the last time we had a chat, it was it was under a different name, Crossfire Eagles, ages ago. You've had a bit of a rebrand since then. So just talk us through the reason for, and it's an important stage in a band's career as well to discuss, I think, and the reasons why bands do this type of thing. So um, so you drop the old band name, things changed, bit of an image change. You 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 know things have just changed. For you completely really it looks like anyway just talk me through why you decided to uh change things around a little bit well from obviously from covid it was a case of you know we had a lot of time to think about a lot of things to be fair it's the same with everybody else mm. but i think the big thing was is that we just sort of when we started out we were kind of just moshing ideas together we're just sort of like individuals as a band mm. we didn't really have any distinct sound or sort of direction if that makes sense mm. whereas obviously now at the stage that we are uh, I think we know exactly who we are and where we're going and I think when we actually had the name change we wanted something that was going to reflect us and our vision if that makes sense so the first few years like for example the previous name across our eagles that was more a case of just trying to find a feat in terms of mm. basically learning the ropes if you like and then you know, finding exactly who we are and then have a name that fits it, uh, essentially, and then, you know, just brand yourselves on that. Mm. How do you feel about it, Kane? Yeah, well, I um, I, I, I came into the band quite late, um, just before the kind of rebrand and uh, deciding everything to 
change in the direction it did. Um, I think it was definitely a a wise idea um, just because of the whole, like, the the name and, like, it was a good name, but it didn't kind of suit, I think, the style of music Mm. we were trying to aim at or the kind of demographic of people. So I thought it was a good decision in uh, kind of stepping in the right direction and showing people who we want to be rather than kind of just be like, okay, this is the name. And obviously a lot of bands mm. kind of stick with the name, um, but we, we we thought it was probably a good idea to re reimagine ourselves. Because, of course, you learn a lot of things, to be fair, so you kind of need to be thrown in the deep end a little bit. Yeah. And then it felt right to just have the name change and sort of reset and yeah, take what, everything that we've learned and basically just... Go Start ham, on the ground really. running, I think, was nice. Like with the new, like with a rebrand, just knowing what we were doing a bit and being like, okay, let's start afresh. And um, we we kind of have a bit of an idea, and then we could definitely start a lot stronger. Mm. It was quite cool. Yeah, it's interesting. It's nice, and it? it's just nice. It, 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 you can just, it, it's just a nice time just to stop doing that and and just you know, start again and do something completely different. So you, you mentioned there, Kane, that you, you can be who you want to be. Who are, who are you? Like, who is, what is Vivas? What is your, um, what, you know, what, what are you trying to achieve with, with this thing? Uh, if, if I could describe <laughs> That's a bastard think, question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, we wanted something high, high energy, something yeah. that kind of stuck, stuck on the tongue nicely yeah. and was, uh, yeah, just like a high energy, positive, uh, kind of like friendly band that you can kind of get down with and be like, okay, this is this is something I can get behind. And I think that that name and that image that we've kind of set ourselves shows that we we're not only professional, but we're we're there just like everyone else to to write good music, to have a good time. Yeah. I want people to obviously have a good time with us. So. I think that's the main thing is that, you know, whoever comes and sees us or listens to us, it's, you know, it's a positive outcome at the end of it, even if it's just listening to one of our songs once. Yeah. Um, you know, essentially, across all boards, it's just a case of us being taken seriously on all fronts, really. So, yeah, uh, more or less, that's what it is. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. And, uh, and I think it was a good idea to do it. And, and, and you've grown so much just with the size of your audiences and things since, since doing it. So how, how do you find, how, how have you found, a, a, you know, these larger audiences so quickly since the rebrand? How Talk me through that process. I think, do you know what? It, it's very natural. It, it, it was, yeah, because, you know, ultimately we, it was a different shift in mentality. So like, essentially, if you wanted to, you know, be taken seriously you've got to do things more serious so like um you know it's not a case of trying too hard or being you know too in the faces of people it's literally just trying to get on a wavelength that relate you know people can relate with so um when we've initially reformed so like last year um essentially we were we tried to give up or get as much hype as possible we didn't have much in fact when we played sydney matilda Mm. and we uh, played that last year um, we didn't have any songs that we had like a sweet talker out and that was about it. Yeah. It was just a case of trying to build ourselves up as much as possible to people, uh, making it, you know, very accessible to people as well. Cause we, we, like, we were charging like five quid a ticket, yeah. which is, you know, easy money sort of thing. You know, it's 
a five and no, you know, if I mean, if that makes sense. So yeah. um, it's a case of then when you've got that foundation, it's about keeping the ball rolling. And I think one thing we've done is, you know, we like to think we've done that quite well, to be yeah. fair. And it's just... Always try to do one step more with everything we do. Yeah. I think it's good trying to one-up ourselves and having a clear end target and slowly chipping away. I think it's it's nice and things have kind of progressed really steadily. Nothing nothing majorly like in terms of like leaps and bounds. We haven't had any like one one hit wonders or anything, mm. but everything's kind of grown slowly together. And I think that's quite nice to see that like everything we're doing is at least being kind of not, not just recognised, but everyone's kind of getting along with it and enjoying it, which is nice. Yeah, well, it, it was good to see you because I came to see you down at the lead mill. Sold out lead mill. Ledders, the legendary venue in our hometown, Sheffield. You know, it's just to have that on your CV must have been nice. Yeah, it's because obviously thunder and lightning here. By yeah. the way, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If people can hear it here, it's yeah, it's going to happen here. So I've just seen a flash. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things that you know, it's one of the things you always think of, but you never think of actually doing, doing it. Or like, being able to do. Um, yeah. Essentially, we, again, it was. It's more of a case of just taking it seriously not like i say not in the case of where you're trying too hard but just the case uh you know people are going to want to come and see you yeah. because it's you guys rather than you know just doing it for a favor if that makes nothing, sense nothing was guaranteed either it was all 100 percent making sure we did things properly mm. making sure we're asking as many like trying to get as many tickets sold as possible getting people to sell tickets to friends yeah. and actually trying to build something and it could have gone upside down and could have failed miserably but I feel like we put the effort in we put the groundwork in and it paid off and I think from then obviously the ball rolls and then it does done it and, and it can happen quite quick once you once you sell out one show because I know we had you on in Manchester at the castle we ended up selling that one out and you had a few other dates on that tour at that time how many years ago were that it feels like about 10 years ago I bet it was about six months ago or something I can't remember no, it was yeah, last, it last November like- or something less than a year weren't it yeah, it feels, it feels like six years, but yeah. it was actually... <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Month. A year ago, yeah. Um, it's crazy. It really is. A lot, mean, a lot happens. Manchester's a good night out, by the way. Yeah, that was the it? first time properly, you know, in terms of a gig setting, that was a really good, you know, vibe. That yeah. was good. Yeah, Manchester's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, well I, I read a, a, an interesting stat the other day, and it was from a big national promotion company. They, they, they were surprised that, Ticket sales in Manchester are lower than like Leeds and Sheffield at the minute, where historically they've always been at the top for people going out and seeing gigs. So there's definitely something happening in the air around people really struggling to with the cost of living crisis. You know, they're just going out once a month or whatever, or they or you know when they do go out, they they, they might splash out a bit and go to one of the big arena tours and that kind of stuff where it's hundred quid. When they and they they are kind of leaving out grassroots music a little bit, it feels like, particularly here in Manchester. Um, how, how do you feel that at your level? Do you, do you, are you feeling that as a new band? I think it's about showing off the qualities of grassroots music. So like, you know, mm. grassroots music is, has, well, majority of them are, are small venues. So like what max 200 or something like that. And yeah. um, where you can actually see the whites of people's eyes mm. and, you know, uh, if you get the right vibe and energy, that is can be more powerful than just going to like a uh, an arena or even a stadium show where there's lots of open space and you know 
Yeah. You know, if you go and see Harry Styles, you know, and you're up in the gods, you, Harry Styles is about that big. Yeah. You know, it's you can't really have the same connection. So I think it's about doing it properly on grassroots level, where you know you're more yeah. intimate. Every gig kind of has a lot more weight to it because every person that goes is a potential future fan. And yeah. like, if you can take one or two from every gig you play, like they only need to tell a friend, and that that multiplies very quickly, and then people hear more people share more and it's all about the connection though whether it's you know in front of five ten fifteen thousand people or just five people it's just you know it it doesn't have it doesn't have to be a certain place it's just it's just the chemistry between artist and audience but you you need anywhere you need to get them in to have that connection though don't you and that that's where the problem is the people just are are aren't going out as much hearing i'm just seeing it a, a lot more here and feeling it as a uh, putting bands on myself here in manchester where everything's last minute because people aren't deciding what they want to do in advance for grassroots uh music I, i'm just just wondering if you you know being young lads out there gig goers yourself you know away from the band i'm just wondering if you've seen it or felt it amongst your friends i go to a lot of grassroots gigs yeah. in terms of like you know Ledmill city matilda yeah. you know the sheffield sort of venues mm-hmm. and i think to be fair, it's a lot of, there are a lot of people that are making last minute decisions just because they've got to weigh up, you know, mm. what's worth it and what's not worth it. So, you know, bands don't often promote months and months in advance. Mm. Um, so if you're trying to promote a show all within a space of like a couple of weeks, yeah. you know, even if people don't know what they're doing, they'll just back out sort of thing because it's, you know, it's too close to the date. So, yeah. It's awkward because, you know, people, you know, it's money at the end of the day. And ultimately, you know, if you're a grassroots artist, you've got to do more to try and get those people in. Yeah, I I think I've been quite, like, strict with the bands that I've had on RGM Live, you know, because it's quite worrying when you've spent a few hundred quid to hire a venue and maybe, like, ten days before, there's, like, you're on, like, two or three sales. And it's just like... Hmm. Right. Okay. Here we go. You've you've kind of got to hold your nerve a lot more at the minute, and just pray for the best. And the, and it kind of do, it kind of does work out. You know, I've I've not lost money yet. I've been very close. Um. But but it's but you know and, and you know money's a horrible thing to talk about sometimes. But I live in the real world, and you know you you, you can't you can't keep doing gigs losing money because that's just never it's just not going to continue. Um. So it's- Another thing that I've noticed actually is it's the type of band you work with as well. So if you've got yeah. a band that, you know, toss it off, yeah. you know, they're not taking it seriously, mm. they're not going to sell that many tickets because they're not that bothered. But if yeah. you get a band that's, you know, more on it, a bit more professional in terms of how they act and deal yeah. with, it's ultimately good. That, that gig's going to be ended up selling up a lot more just because of how they act and, you know, present themselves. But bands bullshit to you though. They say they, they'll they'll say they say oh how, how much how many did you sell in the last gig? Oh, it's like fifty easy. Gets to the gig, they're on two, and it's just like oh. it, it, it is all about actions and words. <laughs> yes, to right, yeah, yeah. But it's about wheeling your way through those, you know, the bullshit really. Yeah, it definitely is, and you know, if, if, from my point of view for our gem, I want to give these kids a chance because I, I I see us as a stepping stone to. To, 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 to like the bigger promoters and that kind of stuff because I'll always stay in grassroots I can't be bothered with dealing with managers and uh, agents and all that kind of shit I just want to stay at grassroots and help bands and get them stage time so I'm kind of like I don't I don't like ask loads of questions at the beginning maybe I should 
Um, because I, I want to be that person that's that can go through the RGM gigs and move on to the bigger gigs. Because I've, I've must have had fifty bands that have like gone on to bigger and better things. Well, when I say better, I'm just I mean bigger things really, bigger stages and wider audiences and that kind of stuff. Maybe I'm putting myself down. I don't know. Um, but it, 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 it's, it's it's just really tough out there at the minute. I just I, I just like to talk about you know the reality of how things are at the minute. That's all. Mm. That's it. Yeah, it's hard in here. Yeah, it is a delicate subject. To yeah. be fair, though, like you know, if a ticket's a ten, if you know, if it's ten quid a ticket, yeah, ultimately you know, I'm going to go on your own, so you're going to bring somebody else. That's twenty quid, mm. and yeah, that's like you know, a big chunk of a weekly shop, if that makes sense. So, oh, yeah. um, but it, it, it's a lot to weigh up, and it is sad at the moment. Really yeah. sad. Yeah, so it's just away from the gigs and the doom and gloom, and because it's not all doom and gloom, you know. Um, what's the biggest thing that you've learned from somebody in the industry after rebranding and starting again? Talk us through what you know. What what's really hit home and true with you uh, that you've stuck with, and it's kind of worked for you as well. Um, I, I think it's just like manipulating what you want, really. Uh, we've always been told, kind of, if if you want something. Either the whole like mentality of obviously fake it till you make it, but mm. in a not a literal sense, but kind of you, you've got to act the part to be the part. Yeah. Obviously, we've we've rebranded, we've kind of got a set style. We have like almost set outfits now that we have on stage. Yeah, and we, suits and that nice one. Yeah, See, I've seen <laughs> in the more suits lately. Nice one. Yeah, Back to we, school trousers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shopping in uh, in George, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think it sets a tone and it uh, really kind of like puts us in the in the right direction of what what we want to do. And I think that's 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 what it is. Kind of being what you want to be and then sticking with it because yeah. I, you you kind of can't just be like, okay, eventually we'll we'll do this and we'll we'll sell out these shows and like you've you've almost got to put yourself in the deep end and be like, right, we need to be professional. We need to do these things and then uh, kind of manifest them into a reality. Uh, but just like, How did you making... go about choosing your new image then? That must have been funny. Uh, I, I think we just randomly decided, was it not? <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of wanted to tone it down. So, you know, ultimately we're not sort of leaning into any sort of corner, if you like. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was only this year. So right at the beginning of the year, we sort of we wanted a photo shoot to really define basically yeah. the look mm-hmm. and you can probably tell we've gone for a bit more of a you know naturally to be fair a bit more of like an arctic monkeys am kind of yeah. era vibe yeah. um you know perhaps good or bad you know people could be the uh the judge of that yeah. well but, pl- um, plenty of bands have war suits before the arctic monkeys and it's worked for them so oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like an right. AM I mean, thing that used to be the dumb thing though just yeah. like suit smart attire yeah it's better than fucking leather jacket stood against a wall isn't it all that bollocks yeah we, we especially, especially if you're not james dean if you're not james dean <laughs> yeah. just no bother. Yeah. i think um, it's more the thing just having an image rather than just rocking up yeah in kind of t-shirts and jeans all the time and it yeah. it's not almost no one takes you seriously yeah. when, to, when we go on stage now and we're to, all dressed mm. smart and we kind of stick to the same thing People kind of look at us and they're like, okay, they take this seriously. This is the band that knows what they're doing. We're, we're representing ourselves with that image, yeah. like immediately yeah. kind of setting a good tone from the start, I think. I think the biggest advice, to be fair, I've got, um, you know, as an individual, just stay in control of 
what you can. Like, don't just, you know, sell yourself to the next promoter or yeah. just the next nobody, if that makes sense. Because, yeah. you know, there's more people that don't know what they're doing than, do, than people that actually do know what they're doing, especially yeah. at this level. Because, yeah. you know, ultimately, we're all out here to, you know, a lot of people actually just get some money, really. And that's perfectly fine because, that's, you know, the, we all need it. Yeah, it's our job. But it's about knowing when, where, you know, people to stay away from and yeah. um who who's there for your best interest and who's there for yeah. themselves yeah um but ultimately it's about what works for ourselves uh, and if that if that's a maybe or a no then you know the answer you know yeah. if that makes sense that's good advice yeah just kind of like just know your own value as well i think yeah, I think that's the main. Well, thing. to be fair, a lot of it is time. Like you know, mm. we can ha- we we only have so many you know hours in a day, mm. unless you're Molly May. But you know, we only have so many hours in a day where we can spend and put our energy into certain things. And if those if certain things aren't worth it, yeah, you know, you've got to prioritize certain things really. Yeah, well, we, we, we're going to come on to the big gigs very soon. But just before we we, we, we stay band-related, I wanted to introduce the people that are new to Vivas to, to to you guys and get to know your personalities a little bit more. And I love asking this question. I do tend to ask it uh, quite a lot, but bear with me. So tell us something about each individual person within the band that you think we, the audience, will be surprised about. So, And, he, he, and let's start with the people that aren't here. James oh. and Keaton are wearing invisibility clothes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You're, yeah. you're not having that one. You're not, I'm not letting you have that one. Um, oh, yes, that's a really good question, actually. Um, that's why I like it so much. I keep asking it. it it's it's interesting. And, and the, the reason, the first time I asked it was years ago when I asked Johnny Brown and he says he was right into ice skating. I just found that fascinating. So I thought, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think, oh, one, one that's kind of, about both of them at the same time, uh, in terms of their personalities, definitely. Mm. Um, considering James, obviously the lead singer, frontman, and James being behind the drums, uh, their personalities are kind of switched in that sense. Keaton's definitely more the extroverted one, yeah. definitely a lot uh, chatty, a lot more confident. And then James is quite modest, very reserved. Yeah, having said that, though, Keaton's like really laid back considering yeah like both he's like the opposite of what you'd expect a drummer to be drummers are normally like the wild one well, like I, very I, I kind of mean away from the band though you know something like away from the band you know it's just somebody like juggle or something like that you know what i mean that's that's the kind of stuff i want I, I want something completely different that you think we're completely surprised about and putting you under pressure i know and we can come back to this as well you know you understand how boring we all are you know <laughs> okay <laughs> fair enough <laughs> <laughs> what about Keaton? Because I know he he works uh, in an escape room. There um, we go. Here we go. No, uh, he's. Is it I mean, is it to be fair, he's on, he's on escape call. Artist. Uh, yeah, he's an yeah. escape artist. But you know, uh, I don't know how. I don't know what the interview process for like an, someone who works in an escape room. You just yeah. you know I'm go really to an escape room. People in rooms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how do you send your CV in for that yeah, one? It's yeah. like, um, you know, it's like the interview process. You know. Got to try and get out of the room and stuff. You have to be a zombie or something like that. Yeah, well, it's easy for them. It's easy. (laughs) For James, um, the wasps. (laughs) Oh yeah, his his biggest fear is wasps. Wasps like anything that flies like that, like any any, you know, if it buzzes, it flies. Does does he lose his shit when a little fly comes into a room and that? 
when we when we practice, uh, you know, part of the reason why he plays his guitar and obviously sings is obviously because we need some rhythm. But the other thing is that he uses it as a bit of a weapon against those wasps and flies. Ah, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, he's got a big fear fear of those. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that came to our heads first. But <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Because he wears his guitar quite high up, like John Lennon, doesn't he? So is that, is that why? So he can... Like, yeah. yeah he's he's always nice. Okay. Fair enough. Well, and then you two have got to say one about each other, but not... Oh. You, you're doing Payne, your own, if you get me. Payne is um, really into, you know, racing, go-karting and yeah. racing. Oh, nice. Like, he is properly, properly quick. Like competitive, I'd, I'd argue I'm just so set on not losing that yeah. I'd rather take my arms and legs than lose. Do, is, do, are you that passionate about it that you? It's it's not fun. It's just proper. You're all at war. You've got to win it. You're that kind of it, person. Uh, I still have fun, but I'm willing to lose a couple bones to not lose. <laughs> yes, I'll be honest. Right. I'm, okay, wow. I'm I'm willing to go into a wall at 50 miles an hour if it means that I don't lose. <laughs> oh no. Go on then. Uh, what are we going to say about our Tyler? Oh. I've really made a big impression on it. Yeah, you've you, you, you <laughs> yeah, 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 to be fair. Um, I mean, on, on the similar lines, you're a massive football person, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, Kane is as well. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a Wednesday fan, a Shepherd Wednesday fan, and Ooh. Kane's an Arsenal fan. Um, Why do you support which, Arsenal? Uh, you've seen where we are at the minute. We're absolutely smashing it. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you're in Sheffield, mate. <laughs> I'm not from Sheffield originally. Oh, so. oh, fair enough, fair enough. I didn't know that. Oh, go on. Are you from I'm London? Lincolnshire. Um, oh, okay. Right, okay, okay. I'm, try, I'm trying to get connections <laughs> for Arsenal oh, here. Yeah. Um, no, my friend supported them right, in school, okay. and I just kind of, like, I wasn't really into football. Yeah, okay. Football, and I just kind of right. went with it, and I've stuck with it since I was, like, 10 or 11, so... Yeah. Okay. Just it. And obviously Tyler's from Sheffield, so Yeah, supports around Sheffield slash Dublin. I was born in Dublin. But um Yeah. Yeah. Over there though, the, the sports are like, you know, Gaelic football and hurling and yeah. stuff like that. Just, just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite Wednesday. Each, is it? each to their own and that, but it's not as good as football, is it? No, no, okay. no. I think, one. I think we won't get cancelled for that kind of stuff. It's not, it's not too bad, is it? Uh, <laughs> just talking about what sport. Not you controversial like. opinion. You've got to, I know. Yeah, you've got to be careful these days. Jesus Christ! Especially with YouTube, just banning everybody for for having opinions. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you worry about that kind of stuff? Saying the wrong thing sometimes on you know on videos and that kind of stuff. Do you ever like think about that kind of stuff just out of interest? I think we're quite sensible people. Again, yeah. we're not. I, We're not too. I feel like I'd be the most prone, but then again, I think it's just because you're a very quite honest. You'll you'll always say things to people's uh, faces. This so. is the thing, like I. Here we go. The thing is, people 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 tend to like vote with the feet, so they don't really say exactly how they feel. They kind of just let the feet and actions do the talking. So, for example, I was on a holiday recently this year. I was with the family. Basically, we were all at this dinner dinner table, and to be honest. The food were crap, like really bad. Everyone said it was crap around the table, and it was like, you know, the waiter came back after obviously we'd finished and stuff, and he said, "How was your food?" And everyone said, "Oh, it was all right." And was like, okay, <laughs> okay, here we go. The time, and, and I just I turned around Amazing. and said, "Not seasoned enough." It's and all that. Food table was like it's outrageous. I'm not full people. But the thing is, I'm quite honest. So like, I, you know, yeah. if 
Yeah. You ask me a question or something, I will just give an honest answer. With respect, I won't just yeah. trash yeah. talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I but I will just say, honest. you know, what I honestly think. But, you know, I think without, right without, people, without trying to insult someone, if that makes sense. You get the right people around you in that way. And you're not kind of having people that are kind of afraid to be told the truth. So are you, I think it's good. Yeah. Do you think, oh, do you fear stuff like that? Oh. I do because I've got a bit of a gob. I've I've learned over the years to like probably just like how to how to ask certain questions a certain way without it sounding like it's my opinion. So you can kind of like skirt around things a little bit and and do it. I, I do I do think about it. I'm not necessarily worried about it because I, uh, I I just I, I follow the lead from comedians and we have quite a lot of comedians on the show where they're just like oh fuck that I'll just say what I want um, and I'm kind of inspired by that and inspired by them because comedians. When they make jokes, they do it very cleverly. It's not like they're making a statement. They're telling a story about what somebody else said. So they've got like a loophole on it all. So they so they say things quite cleverly. And it's quite interesting just to see how comedians and people in the comedy world lead the way down the down the mine, uh, holding the canary into this new world we live in, uh, just saying what they want and just seeing them, you know, um, negotiate their way through all these different topics and uh, everything else we've got to, you know, talk about in, in this world i'm not mentioning specific things just for you know because you know i can't be bothered but um it's I, i'm just inspired by these people that y- you can say what you want but you've got to be you, you've got to be accountable for what you say as well so so i, I suppose o- over the years i've kind of like learned to respect that a little bit more i suppose i think i think that makes sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so you're a wednesday fan mate yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you feel about playing the home of football, Bramall Lane? Let's get on to that. <laughs> right, okay. So I've got a question. That's, that's the way you're playing this. Yeah, here we go. So, uh, so, yeah, so just getting the opportunity. So so I, I, I know, Joe, in Crossfire Eagles, when we've had a chat before, when you played at Frog and Power and that kind of stuff, you didn't really want to talk about who your dad were and that kind of stuff. But now, before the interview, I asked you to see if it's okay to talk about it. And you're more comfortable, you know, talking about it. So, um, you know, playing Bramall Lane, supporting Def Leppard, you, you tell us your story and, you know, the links between all that kind of stuff. You, you do it your way. Yeah, to be fair, like... We've been prodding along, obviously, since the back end of or so the start of last year. Mm. And to be fair, we, like it, it ended up being obviously my dad's come and seen us a few times, but it ended up being yeah. my dad just asking, "Do you fancy doing it?" It was actually Lytham that um, he asked us about first. So mm. I was, do you know what? Actually, with both Lytham and Bramall Lane, I was. I, it wasn't like a straight yes. I know that sounds really. Mm know weird because obviously it's just a massive it's a great opportunity and you know it's a once in a lifetime sort of thing for a lot of people so with me sort of undecided it was a case of you know the type of people that would go to the show so one thing i do know is that we're not like def leopard or we're not like through so we didn't want to be sort of a fish out of water Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you know Giving ourselves bad rep for the sake yeah, of the show. A little bit. So we had to kind of um, But it, to be fair, my dad said, you know, shouldn't even worry about it. It's just a case of literally warming it. You know, it, it for the Bramall Lane gig, it's just a case yeah. of warming both bands up. Mm. And, you know, ultimately, you know, it's still rock and roll music, even though it's yeah. more sort of indie-based, yeah. UK-based sort of sound. Um, you know, and ultimately, if... 
if people don't like you, they'll forget about you pretty quickly just because they're there to see Def Leppard and Motley Crue. Mm. Um, but if they do like you, they will look out for you a bit more, uh, if that makes sense. And that was the same with Lithium, because Lithium is that it's not like download or anything. Yeah, it's more sort of a neutral sort of festival. So yeah. you had like George Ezra, Lionel Richie, etc. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, to be fair, with a bit of you know convincing. you know to be fair it did become a no-brainer after a while but obviously you want to make sure that those things are right just because you don't want to just say yes and take the opportunity if it's actually going to be a negative thing because actually with those amount of people that are going to be in front of you you know if you make a bad impression of with the majority of the people that's quite bad it's quite a while yeah we had to make Um, sure we were smart about it doing things in the right way yeah, so so if, so if if you if you don't aware because you because you haven't said it yet, Tyler, but Rick from yeah. Def Leppard is your dad. Uh, yeah. So right. so so if anybody didn't know, obviously opportunities and you know having a a fucking rock and roll Hall of Fame legend as your dad must have certain perks, and it's nice to it's it's nice to see you embrace some of the perks because I know over the over years you've not you've wanted to not kind of mention it and do it your own way. I suppose that's is that is that fair? Yeah, I mean it. it I've got a big problem with, you know, just sort of being seen as sort of, you know, lying on my backside and just letting basically yeah. just go into my dad saying, I want this, want that. Can yeah. we get this? And Because ultimately, you know, people see right through that and ultimately yeah. they don't want to help you. So, for example, we, when we were Crossfire Eagles, you know, even though I wanted nothing, like I still wanted to distance myself a little bit, yeah. I don't think we would have been offered the same opportunities back then as we are now just because i think Mm. we've done a lot of work ourselves so like you know we're practicing really regularly we're we're doing all the right things essentially uh and you know the right people are seeing that uh so that's why it was a real honor to actually get asked because i didn't ask or inquire about it just because ultimately we're happy with where we're going but see something like that's you know a once in a lifetime thing so yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I do know that it comes with a bit of responsibility just because, yeah. you know, people are just going to assume, oh, you know, you've got certain contacts, etc. But, you know, it's like if you put it into a football perspective, you know, you wouldn't see Josie Mourinho manage Rotherham United. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't match up, yeah. you know, because you're working with top end or people at the top end of the business they wouldn't be able to really help you too much just because that's not their level, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that, I think people sometimes get, you know, have a bit of a misunderstanding with that just because, um, you know, ultimately they think it's all just in one boat and it's, you know, just... There's stages to it. Yeah, there is. Like, you know yourself. It's interesting. We've got to make our own way so far. Mm. And ultimately, if we were obviously big enough we probably could be help. There's obviously people we, we could know, but the majority of the work has to be. It's all us. Like we have, we have to make our own way, just like everyone else. So, so. How, how was the Bramall Lane gig communicated to you all then? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like all good gigs. <laughs> like it was literally my dad coming through the door saying, "Oh, do you fancy doing it?" Yeah, uh, it was literally just like that, and I, I was like, you know. <laughs> I, I was trying. The thing is, when he asked me, I was I was trying to say nice and contained so I could actually think about it. But yeah. you see the prospects of actually doing it and the benefits of it, and you you feel a bit like a kid inside, uh, essentially. So, yeah. Um, and then obviously, 
I got back to my dad and said, you, you know, all the rest of the guys are fine with it. Uh, seems like a great opportunity, etc. And, you know, then obviously then a more of a formal offer came in, etc. So yeah. um, it was more of a case of like asking and seeing like sort of more a verbal agreement and then you get like a more formal contract as it were. Uh, but, you know, so essentially K- that's... K- Kane, tell us how, what it was like for the rest of the lads just to get that message from Tyler saying... Fancy playing Bram Lane in front of fucking 20,000 people. Yeah, honestly, it was, <laughs> it was out of the blue because none of us expected yeah. it. I, I imagine it probably less than us. Um, it, just, it was just a random message in like the middle of the afternoon. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, so I think we've been asked to play Bram Lane. It's like, all right. I do, I do remember. Good, good one, mate. <laughs> I do, no, I do remember. I put it in mm-hmm. such a casual way. Casual way. You were just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the manager's asked if we want to play Bram Lane. We were yeah. just like, yeah, I'd be up for that. That sounds all right. I'd, I could do that. That sounds like a good <laughs> good weekend to me. It's, yeah, it's it such was. an amazing opportunity, and I can see you know, you know, just 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 what watching the the video, the backstage video that you made, it was just fantastic. Just to see you on stage, sound checking, and that kind of stuff, and then you know, just seeing the crowd fill up, and 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 it was it was you know three quarters full when you guys played, weren't it? You know, and, and usually when you see somebody starting off, there might be just like a thousand people in a big arena and it looks like nobody's there, but it was, it was, it was really busy, weren't it? When you guys played, um, just talk us through the day of that gig. So what did you do when you got up? Did you, were it like uh, Christmas day or what? Got, I got up and crap. No, I didn't crap. Um, <laughs> no. I uh, you crapped yourself. Yeah, you know? well, no, that, that was before that. <laughs> It's just like any other day. Gio, really. you, Gio you played a stadium gig. It can't. No, be. Oh, no. When we got I'm there, it was different. That. No, no. <laughs> when like getting up, it was like, oh, it's gig day. Like yeah. every every gig day is a good day. Yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. you're gonna people. It's good. Yeah. Obviously, you know, a couple more people than what we yeah. used to. But getting up, do as you normally do, having yeah. breakfast. Uh, I think we, we got there for like what midday or something. Yeah. I think I got yeah. up at like ten. So I wasn't, I wasn't in any rush. I was trying to sleep here. It's all going to be nice. Do, do, do you know what was very uh, kind of poetic was that you you, you go up to the venue, you, you, you drive in, etc., with all the gear. You see all these massive trucks and lorries, and we're just arriving in our, like, you know. Cars as we did on any other gig. You know, VW, Volkswagens, and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's proper kind of grassroots, a grassroots band playing with, you know, bands that have done it for 40 years and, yeah. you know, yeah. are touring bands, you know, it, it was quite funny to see the, the sort of it comparison. Was, yeah. uh, Getting in the venue was quite funny because we were kind of, we got there and was kind of asking like, oh, we're like, we're in the band. How, where do we come in? We've been told to get in this yeah. entrance and there. No, no one was kind of, none of the security were very well, like, yeah. informed of anything. They were like, no, no, you've got to go this side. And we're like, no, no, we're here. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Bugger off! You, well, you don't belong here. Yeah. I'm just like okay, and then we had to well, like ring someone to let I, us in. Yeah, I can. I mean, I went down the day before, and to be fair, even when I went down on the day, I was shitting myself almost. I was so nervous; it was unreal. Um, but it, we did have people around us that you know that really did help. So yeah. kind of took a lot of weight off and... myself and obviously the rest of the guys who, you know. Obviously, we just need to basically focus on the performance side of it and nothing else. Yeah. Um, and we had a lot of really good people around yeah. us, essentially. It was good to be a band, show up, sound check, and play, as we should. Like, we didn't have to worry about any of the little things. If anything went wrong, we had people on side. Uh, everyone was looking after us all day. 
but I think like we obviously really appreciate all the, like our friends that helped us and then also the people mm. um they're obviously like managing Def Leppard and Motley Crue and all all their crew as well like really helped us really welcomed us and honestly some of the nicest so nice. people like you could ever wish they to meet so nice they really are like they, they would actually do anything to help I, it yeah. might it might be just because obviously of who I am if that makes sense yeah. but yeah, I never got that impression it felt sort of genuine yeah. like they did yeah. they did yeah. care they offered us everything like all the water towels just uh, any, any little did they have a nice like, can- did they have a nice canteen Oh, it, 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 yeah. it was in the um, oh, I don't even know. <laughs> it was the is. catering bit of from yeah. Lane. It was like their actual oh, like right. canteen yeah. they have, but they had their own food on. Yeah, uh, yeah. choir. What was it? And what, it was, what was it? We had. What did you have actually? Salad. You had salad. I had some nice salad. Free bows. What's that? Free, yeah, free bows. There was, there was been... Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't have any. It's uh, one thing I will say about Bramall Lane is that it. it it's, it's very good for like gigs and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's well set up. Uh, you know, it, unfortunately, I, I hate to say it, like with Hillsborough, you wouldn't be able to have the same sort of or basically get that sort of no event it's on. Not. It's, it's just the way it's laid out. It's not as like the, the way Bramall Lane's laid out. You, you walked right round the back to where they had the stage set up, and it was just perfect. Everything was just yeah. made. For it almost, yeah. almost like it was Wembley. Everything was just—it's just because just we're, we're, we're just a Premier League outfit, mate. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Premier League money. <laughs> trying to think of things to come back at. No. I can't think of anything. If people don't know, I, I support Sheffield United, and that's just where we were. So, so did you did you see like Tommy and Lee, Tommy Lee from like Motley Crue and stuff? Or, like, what were they like? Have you got any stories about that? Uh, they're quite they are they're very to themselves to be fair they're very um... so vince is very or obviously i I don't know them as people so i I can't really judge them personally but from when obviously we were there at both shows vince was quite quiet didn't really see much of him uh nikki was you know around to be fair nikki's Nikki's probably probably the most sensible out of all now yeah a little bit like he's very eccentric and very loud but i think like he how he is on stage is just how he is he's just very himself all the time so tommy lee is yeah you have to see him to believe him he's (laughs) great he is great um i mean obviously if you've not seen the show like definitely the motley crew show um he will come out to sort of front of the stage and basically, because he's Tommy Lee, you can just say, you know, get your tits out and everything, yeah. all that, and, you know, people are blind. And they'll like, still yeah. do it, even in today's age, they'll still do it, bless them. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a lot of power to have that, a lot yeah. of responsibility. Yeah. So did, 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 did you see him, like, uh, like in the canteen and stuff? It just, uh, I'm just fascinated seeing these massively famous, like, legendary, yeah. uh, I mean, just having a salad in the canteen. I just like the idea of that. Because this is going to sound really, you know, <laughs> Perhaps over the top, for, but yeah. like Def Leppard and Motley Crue, they'll have their own sort of meal times and catering staff, yeah, but they don't yeah. need catering. Yeah, the catering is more for like um, all the crew. crew and other yeah, staff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now we we crossed by him. Nicky was in the canteen at Lytham for a, for a good while and nice. just chatting to people. Like, yeah, they are again. They're just, they're just people. They're just there. They're just there to do the job and just just being chill. Like it's. I'm looking. Wait, wait. I'm looking for a story where they're in one, aren't I? I'm just trying. I'm just trying to hang around it a little bit. No, no, I'm, 
the, the it's, one, it's actually really like you know, the, the, the thing is is that when you get to their age even though they're still mental they're yeah. still yeah like that when they get to their to age point, no, they're just there to yeah. go have a good time get the paycheck and like that they're there to, to be in the band. They're mm. there to, to, yeah, to play yeah. and just enjoy themselves so they don't need to push the boat out or do anything too wild. So, I, yeah. Yeah. And, don't and, blame them. and that's for us. Def Leppard have, you know, been quite the same band anyway in that aspect. Yeah. But um, with Motley Crue, it, you know, they are mental, but the, the, it's like in terms of the backstage stuff, it's more of a case of just moving on to the next city as quick as possible just because, yeah. you know, they've got to recover. They're, they're like yeah. what nearly 60 all yeah. of them so it's um yeah. they do have to look after themselves definitely got age on our side um, and what and what was it like just as a band that experience of playing a stadium stage and being that far away from each other because when, when last time i saw you in real life you were playing castle where, oh, where, where, where you're like that where there's, where there's four or five of you on stage and then you've got this stadium stage how, how, did, how did all that like how did you feel about all that it oddly felt like very natural not not so yeah like obviously like bigger past ourselves too much but we i feel like we adapted to it very well because it was something we'd kind of planned for and we'd we'd had in our heads and we'd all like mentally rehearsed and in practice we'd been like okay this is a big stage we need to use the space we've got and i feel like we utilized it well put it this way if we get an opportunity presented like that to us we've got to work box off to you know get up basically get ourselves into a position where nothing can go wrong you know and respect it in a way that you know if any other band was in our shoes would do you know what i mean so you've got to make sure that everything is just as well prepared as any other band in your position because there's a lot of bands and people that would want to be in your shoes so you've got to make sure that you know you're respecting the opportunity that's been given to you yeah well said i think the main thing as well is we just set out to enjoy ourselves like it's Obviously, it's a lot bigger. There's a lot more pressure, but ultimately, if we enjoy ourselves and we show that, everyone else is going to enjoy themselves. Like it reciprocates, just like in any any other gig. Like if you try and connect with a crowd and really just give it all the beans, people are going to see that and go, "Oh, this is whether they necessarily like us or not, yeah. they'll probably get with it." And it's yeah, I, the crowd was really good. To be fair, both yeah. both shows, the cr- the crowd definitely like. Yeah. They warmed up to us. Yeah. I think. I think at the start I, they were all very like, mm, "This isn't what we came to see." Okay. And then by the end, most people were, were pre- pretty on board and nice. getting with us and joining in. It was it was nice to see. Well, you're going to get the opportunity to play bigger stages again because I'm just looking at you've just announced your tour. So I'm just looking yeah. through it now, and you know, the, 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 this what size capacity was it? So I know Leadmill. You know, big three hundred and fifty kind of cap in the Leadmill room there. Castles like eighty in Manchester. I'm just looking through what you're doing now. So there's definitely an up an upgrade to the gigs you're doing. I know you've got you're supporting Apollo Junction, Little Man Tate as well on a few of these gigs, but uh, it's, it's a step up again in venue sizes, which is nice to see from a band. It, it shows progression. Talk us through how excited you are for the new tour that starts on the 23rd of September in Chesterfield. Cool. Well, um. Yeah, like you said, it's a it's a definite step up to what we did before. I think that was always the plan is kind of doing the groundwork. Obviously, these these gigs we've just done have really helped us mm. um, kind of get people on board and hype them up a bit more. But again, we need to just go out there and like absolutely smash it and just yeah. like I'm really excited to play bigger venues, 
and it is a real privilege actually and you know we're really grateful for these venues even though like you said that they're a bit more of a step up not to say you know the other ones weren't good because they were but these ones are a bit yeah. more sort of maybe prestigious in terms of how they're viewed mm. yeah. uh, it's really heartwarming to see that you know they're sort of talking to us and they're you know that yeah. you know uh, we're being offered these sort of opportunities so it's a case yeah. of you know our work or whatever we do is you know is paying off in some way and mm. people are recognizing that i think we've definitely earned a lot of respect off people and our name's got a good yeah. good amount of weight to it that we yeah. can kind of like for, try and progress the sheffield one with little man tate that that literally came about because oh, it was, it was i the day after wasn't it after uh, no, well, I I remember I emailed them at the back end of last year because I knew that they had the tour planned. Obviously, mm-hmm. I had to reschedule, etc. Yeah. Um, but I knew they had the, uh, like a big UK tour planned, and I emailed them just saying, "Look, if you, we'd love to throw our name in the hat if you're wanting the support mm-hmm. band, etc." Which you know, there's nothing, there's no harm in doing that, just because you know the worst you're going to get is nothing. No, yeah. yeah. But actually, they got back to saying, "Oh, we we recognise you guys from uh, we had a song that was." played it was basically on the kit launch of wednesday's uh kit oh, the other year yeah. uh and so they recognized one of our songs and they said oh you guys are really good we'll, we'll put you on the shortlist sort of thing and mm-hmm. even though it was really great to hear back from we thought uh you know it's probably not probably gonna happen. happen but at least they then, kind of acknowledged us but then actually it did happen so they, they got back to us saying look we want you for sheffield and uh we're, we're going to be main support there as well so it's wow. it's quality because you know, last year I actually went to see them uh, because yeah. I was a fan. So it's yeah. it's it's kind of wow. weird because actually I bought a ticket to go and see them again in October mm. before we actually got confirmed as support. Wow. So I've got a free ticket if anyone wants it. <laughs> nice. Well, um, it, it it's great to see and 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 to get that and just to just to make waves. There's no secret, really. You've got to graft and you've got to be cheeky. You know, uh, pe- people do tell me that they, they send tweets to people for support slots and that kind of stuff. And people but, might people might think it's a bad idea. It's how you go about it, innit? I'd, I'd always recommend it, but don't be a dick. <laughs> be nice and humble about it and don't expect anything. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's always worth a go. Yeah, yeah put your best foot forward. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. And, and just be know. willing to accept a no. Like, so yeah. no, it's like, okay, fair enough. Thank you yeah. for getting back to us. Like, yeah. you're not going to win every battle, but it it's like, if you, if you do win some, it's progress. Like, you, you never know unless you ask. So. Well, what what a progression from speaking to you last time, boys. I'm proud of you. You know you worked hard. It's it, you know, things are happening for you. I'll put a, we'll put a link of the to the tour in the description of this podcast for you as well, boys. Just so people can get involved and find a ticket and get involved with your music and all that kind of stuff. Well done, boys. Nice work. Uh, catch up with you in like in another six to twelve months, something like that, and then just see <laughs> see what watch it all go to shit. <laughs> I'm all yeah, we'll, we'll see you on the streets. Behind a bar, yeah, yeah, Tyler and Kane. Nice one. If you're interested in the band and you want to find out more or even watch them live, it's easy. Within the description of this podcast, you'll find a link to their latest tour dates, some amazing tour dates with friends of RGM, Apollo Junction, that are on a previous episode as well. So if you like them, go and enjoy that podcast. Uh, yeah, loads coming up for the lads. Pleased to see them and just, you know, being the best it can be. Um, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, we've got another bonus episode coming up on Thursday for you. I'll, I'll, I'll surprise you. It's just going to land in your lap on Thursday. 
and the easiest way to, you know, if you are watching on the YouTube channel or if you're uh, listening to us, press the subscribe button for us and every episode just drops into your phone like magic. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here for another week. Press that subscribe button for us. Tell your friends. We really enjoy your support. And thank you for everybody for that's joining us this week. If you're new to the podcast, if you're a Vivas fan and you're just switching in for the first time, delve into the archives, have a look around. And I'll see you next week. Well, we'll see you Thursday and then next week and all. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get off. Uh, Toodle-oo. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe and tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week.